shut up, you freak! Julia Hughes. I said shut up! It's a madhouse! A madhouse! No! Five minutes! Freak! They brought their fucking toys with them! So I was out running errands Friday and uh, had to go to the post office and a couple of other places. You know, as I want to do when I'm when I'm out in that area. You know, the Salvation Army and uh, Goodwill are not too far from where the post office is. And there's another uh, little secondhand place that I discovered that's over in that area. So. I thought, what the hell, you know, I'm already out, got a little time to kill, I'll go check these places out. So I did my usual rounds, looking for comics or Star Trek books or what have you. Anyway, I went to the Salvation Army, and they had, you know, not anything new on the shelf or what, but they had uh, several of these big plastic tubs, you know, like you buy at Walmart for five bucks or whatever, full of old books and magazines. I don't usually dig through stuff like that, especially when they're at, like, the Salvation Army or what. But, I don't know, something just possessed me, and I thought, what the hell, I'll I'll go through. I guess I just didn't want to make it a totally wasted trip. So, I'm digging through this this big plastic tub, and I'm digging out all these, like, ladies' home journal and, you know, all these old crappy books and all this stuff. and, And kind of feeling like I'm wasting my time, and I'm just about to quit. And one of those, like, for younger readers, Clone Wars novels catches my eye. And I'm like, ooh, what's this? You know, so I dig that out. I forget what number it was, but it was one that I, I thought that I needed. So I, I pulled it out. And it just encouraged me to keep going. So I go along. I find, like, a whole series of those books, just about the whole set. And, you know, it's something I've got one or two of them already. And it's something I'm, one of these days I'd like to try to make the time to sit down and read them because they're all focusing on the Clone Wars. Several of them are about, are about uh, Boba Fett. It just sounds like something that'd be right up my alley. And, and the couple that I read not long ago were actually pretty decent. Um, I think they're all by the, the same author I already read. So I thought they were pretty good books. Anyway, I'm going through there. And lo and behold, I find Bone, Volume 1. The little uh, it's, like, it's a little bit bigger than a digest size, but not quite as big as a trade size. But it's like the, the whole first volume. Now, I've never read this thing, but I've heard a lot about it. You know, all kinds of praise of how great it is. And I'm always on the lookout for things for, for my youngest boy, Logan. You know, he likes to read Power Pack and the Marvel uh, Adventures, you know, the ones that are for younger readers. Uh, there's the new Batman Brave and the Bold book that just came out. He was really excited about that. Billy Batson and the Power Shazam, stuff like that. You know, anything that's that's kid-oriented. And I don't know anything about Bone, but I'd heard a lot about it, and I was pretty sure that it was it was a kid book from what I had heard. So I was really excited to find this. You know, this is like a, I think it's like a 10 or $12 book originally. Perfect condition. Nothing wrong with this book. You know, it's at the Salvation Army. So I get my little stack of books, take them up to the counter. And as I'm walking up to the counter, I get to thinking, shit, I'm in the Salvation Army. They don't take credit cards. All I've got with me is my credit card. I don't have any cash on me. So I asked the lady at the counter, you know, how much would all this come to? And she says, you know, she does some quick math and she goes, well, it's under $2. I've got like four or five of those Clone Wars books and this uh, this Bone book, which I'm really, that's the thing I was most excited about. I was like, wow, what a find, you know, all for less than two bucks. So I'm really excited, but I don't have any cash on me. I could run to the ATM real quick, but I'm, it's getting kind of late, and Logan's due home from school you know, within the next little bit. So I'm like, well, 
I'll go home. I'll get Logan. I'll look Bone up on the internet real quick just to make sure it's the book I'm thinking it is, that it's for kids, and then I'll come back and I'll pick it up. You know, plus I've got cash at the house, so, you know. I go back to the house, get Logan, wait for him to get off the bus, get Logan, go all the way back to this place. You know, I have my cash in hand. I go in and ask, then there's a different girl at the counter. I'm like, you know, you guys are holding some books for me at the counter, and she just gives me this totally dumbfounded look. And then the lady that had waited on me originally comes out from the back room and she recognizes me and she goes, oh, you're here for those books. And she she looks around and she's like, oh, that's funny, I don't see them. And the other lady goes, oh, is it some books that were sitting right here? And she points to this space on the counter and the other woman's like, yeah, yeah, that's where they were. She goes, oh, I sold those. And I went apeshit. I'm like, what What do you mean? Wait a minute. First of all, what moron sets something that's supposed to be held on the counter for like everybody to see? You know, the reason that these books were still there for me to find and, and everything was that they were buried in the bottom of this tub. They weren't sitting out where somebody could find them. This person who I asked to save these for me, instead, like a complete dope, puts them on the counter, which basically just displays them for the next person to come along and go, ooh, sweet, and snap them up. So I was pissed. You know, if she hadn't been a sweet little old lady, I'd have really jumped her shit about it, because I was so pissed off. But, you know, she's a sweet little old lady, so, you know, and she could tell that I was hot as hell about this. So anyway, I was really pissed pissed and really bummed and Logan was really bummed because I'd kind of worked him up about, you know, this, you know, because he didn't want to go in the first place, but I'd said, you know, he'd rather sit home and play his video games, but I had told him, you know, well, you know, I found this book that I think you'll really like, and I had him all excited about it, and then the whole thing fell through, so I, he was depressed about it, I was depressed about it, and I couldn't stop fuming about it the whole way home, I was so pissed off, so anyway, I get home, and lo and behold, I've got a giant stack of mail, you know, and we hardly get any real mail anyway, unless it's like a bunch of bills or some stupid crap. So I've got my DCBS orders waiting for me. That already cheers me up. I'm thinking, sweet, you know, at least I got some comics, you know, I might not have found any while I was out, but my DCBS orders sitting here waiting for me. So that's pretty sweet. Then the eBay book that I had bought a while ago had finally showed up at the house. I found... The Making of Star Trek, the Motion Picture by Susan Sackett and Gene Roddenberry. I have been after this book forever and ever. Finally found it on eBay. I mean, sweet condition. It's a little bit beat up, but it's in pretty good shape. It's a it's a big oversized book. Five bucks. You know, that's that's was with the shipping. I mean, I paid like a dollar for it, and then the shipping was like three ninety nine or something. So sweet. Then. Now, I had been expecting a package from our friend Green Captain on the forum. For those that don't know, he was the mastermind behind a movie you've probably seen. If if you go to any file-sharing places on the internet, something called Batman and Robin Deassified, which is what they call a fan edit. It's a fan edit of the awful, awful Batman and Robin movie with George Clooney from a few years back. Now, Green Captain is the person who re-edited this movie to basically, I'll do exactly what the title says, de-assify the movie, which is make it uh, an enjoyable movie out of what is pretty much an unwatchable movie. So I had been expecting this. You know, he he had mentioned it to Chris and I before. I, I believe he wants us to do a show on it. 
and asked us, you know, if we would be interested in seeing the movie. I'd never seen it, and so, yeah, I was definitely interested. I like fan edits. You know, I've seen some really cool ones. Um, there's a good uh, Star Wars one that I, I was just watching the other night. So I had been expecting this to come in the mail, but what I did not expect was the great big package that came that contained not only Batman Deacified, but he sent me just... It was perfect, man. You know, for the day I was having and just for some things that are going on with me personally right now, I really needed some cheering up. And this package couldn't have come at a more opportune time. And it's just... It's awesome. It's got so much cool stuff in it. It has a... Star Trek Tribble Keychain, which I got the biggest kick out of. It's got a special retailer's preview edition of the Lone Ranger and Tonto. This is not the newest uh, Lone Ranger book. This is the old one from Topps Comics by Joe Lansdale and Tim Truman. I have been wanting to read this series for the longest time and have never been able to put my hand to it. I'm really excited to sit and read this. I, I'm a big Lone Ranger fan. Now, I don't know if Green Captain knows this or not, but um, this this was really cool to find a bunch of buttons one of them was a star trek uh, communicator badge button a spider-man button all kinds of like trading card sheets a collection of star trek generation stamps i thought this was awesome i love star trek generations there was a cell from the old fantastic four cartoon some games a bunch of preview edition comics, Manhunter and Azrael and some different ones. A great big Star Wars card with all of the, the Star Wars uh, bounty hunters, Boba Fett and IG-88 and those guys. I love this picture. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of having this framed. It's just awesome. Again, I don't know if he knows that I, I like the, the bounty hunters, but uh, that, that's one of my favorite parts from, uh, from Empires, the parts with the bounty hunter. And then tons. He must have heard uh, my episode, uh, my little five-minute freak talking about the uh, promo posters. He sent me a ton of promo posters. Batman Man Bat, which is really awesome. This really, really nice Death of Superman poster that shows uh, his pallbearers, you know, taking his casket down the street, and then all these heroes in the background. I have a smaller version of this that was released in some, you know, one of those fan trades, like, I don't know, like CBG or something like that. But this is like the big, really nice retailer promo poster. It's beautiful. A Captain America poster by Sinkevic uh, that was put out back for uh, 50. Cap's 50th anniversary. It's a really nice poster. And uh, you just can't have enough awesome Captain America posters. A Batman Mask of the Phantasm, the animated movie poster. That one's getting a special place on my wall because I'm a major fan of that movie. That's, to me, still, I, I still maintain the only good Batman movie. Justice League Task Force promo poster. I love that. A zero-hour Crisis in Time. This is like the display kit, like a promo slash display kit thing. Really awesome. Still in the original uh, package that it was mailed in, and everything is really sweet. And uh, I, you know, I'm a sucker for anything like that. But this was the one thing that just totally made my day. And he could not have had any idea. I've never told anybody about this, but I'm originally from upstate New York. And now living in Georgia, and I had to rely on on my parents to pack up all of my shit and move it down here for me several years ago. And this was probably about 96, 97. So this was a long time ago. This was when they sold their house and decided to move down here. 
And in the process of them moving down, somewhere along the line, several things that I'd had in my old bedroom apparently didn't make the trip. And it took me a while to, to remember some of the things, but I, I, I mean, somebody does you a nice turn like that, you know, I mean, literally hauls umpteen comic boxes and all your books and all this shit, you know, the last thing you want to do is question them and go, hey, what happened to such and such? But over the years, I got to thinking, you know, I used to have a Star Trek V standee of Mr. Spock. That was awesome. I have no idea what became of that. It didn't make the trip. I had a couple of Superman standees and just, you know, various other odds and ends that I I guess they just didn't have room to pack or or maybe they had to sell or what. I, I really don't know what became of them. I've never really asked. But one thing I did ask about, and neither one of my parents had any clue what I was talking about, was I used to have a poster that I don't know why, but it was just one of my favorite posters. It really meant a lot to me, and it was really great. I had bought it out of the, literally out of the window of a comic shop. I was walking past one day, and I saw the poster and ran into the shop and said, I want that poster. Sell it to me, you know? And the guy did, and I can't remember what the hell I paid for it, but it was always one of my, my prized possessions in my collection of, of promo posters. Anyway, sadly, I have not seen this poster in... I don't know how many years now. And I'd always wanted to replace it if I ever got the opportunity, but the opportunity has never presented itself. Well, lo and behold, long story short, not only was the poster in this bunch that Green Captain sent to me, it's massive. The one he sent me is at least, like, I don't know how many times bigger than the one that I had. It's just enormous and I'm going to make room to, to put this poster up. It, it's just, I don't know what the dimensions are, but it's absolutely humongous. And I'm so glad to have it. This is the Superman is back, but which one is he poster? If anybody remembers the death and return of Superman storyline, this was the poster. It was a big black poster. And in each different corner of the poster was one of the four Superman. You know, the Steel and Superboy and... Uh, the Eradicator and uh, the Cyborg Superman. And, you know, this was when there was a big mystery of you know, which one, if any of them, was, was, you know, Superman come back to life. So anyway, this was my very public thank you to Green Captain for this care package he sent. I mean, he, he can't have any idea how much this meant to me. Uh, I've been trying to get a hold of him to let him know, and I figured that the best way to do it was just to do it very publicly and let him know. Man, you really cheered me up. You really made my day. You made my week. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. You, you didn't have to do that, but, man, I appreciate it so much. It it's really was a nice gesture, and uh, I, I'm genuinely touched. Thank you so much. On a similar note, I also received... From another friend of the show, Chris Johnson, goes by Kuwaiti on the forum. He sent me the trade paperback, volume one of All-Star Superman. Now, I know that there's some people out there who know me and are probably going, Oh, shit, because I've gotten something of a reputation for being a Grant Morrison hater. I just want to correct that misconception. I don't hate Grant Morrison, okay? I'm not a fan and he's written some of what I have considered to be the worst comics I've ever read, which uh, notably, let's see, Arkham Asylum and JLA Earth 2, which is still the only comic I've ever returned for my full refund. 
But Chris has been after me for a while to read um, All-Star Superman. And, you know, several people have actually keep recommending to me how great it is. And I was really nervous about it. And I even joked to Chris at one point that, uh, you know, he asked me, well, why won't you read it? Because I told him I, I had no interest to read it. And, well, why won't you read it? And I, I think I gave him some lame story about, you know, well, I'm actually, I'm afraid to read it. I'm afraid I'll like it. That was one of those truth in jest kind of things. That was kind of one of the reasons. I, I was afraid that I'd have to eat my words because I'd badmouth the whole thing without ever having read a word of it. But also, I'm not a big fan of the whole Ultimates type deal, you know? Granted, I read of Marvel's Ultimate stuff. I have read Ultimates 1 and 2, and I thought that they were excellent. But my problem with an with an with a Ultimate Universe type of thing is... Why not take that top-tier talent and all that, those great ideas and that, that imagination, and why not apply it to the mainstream Marvel U, dust off some of these ones, like, uh, well, like about the time that, that Ultimate Spider-Man and Ultimate X-Men came along, the actual Spider-Man and the actual X-Men books were kind of eh. So why not inject that talent into those books and, and beef them up rather than spinning out a whole nother thing? And I kind of felt the same way to a certain degree about the Ultimates. You know, as awesome as the Ultimates is, imagine if the Ultimates was actually in continuity and was part of the the regular Avengers uh, continuity. You know, at a time when, you know, the Ultimate, the the Avengers rather weren't bad at the time, but they could use that 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 fresh injection too. You know, of of being beefed up and made a little bit more realistic and just a little bit cooler. So anyway, that was one of my problems with All-Star Superman was that I had a misconception that it was an ultimate version of Superman, you know, kind of stealing the Marvel idea. So I went into this book with a, a lot of nervousness, a lot of trepidation, a lot of, man, you know, Chris is my friend, and I told him I'd read it, and man, I'm just, I'm going to hate this book. I just know I am, because I'm such a Superman fan. I'm such a stickler for this, that, and the other thing. I'm really not going to enjoy it. And, uh, well, anyway, I read it, and I really liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was really good. I thought it was very respectful of Superman. I, I, one of the things that, that made it easy to read and, and easy to enjoy was that right off the bat, it's not in continuity. You know, he should have done this sort of approach with his X-Men run. I think it would have been a lot better received by the people who, who didn't like it. Because I read his X-Men run, and while I didn't exactly love it, I, I enjoyed it. To a certain extent, but the problem was is that it was done as part of the normal incontinuity series, and it doesn't match up with continuity. He basically blazes his own trail, and I think it pissed off the purists that were like, whoa, wait a minute, this is totally different from what we had before, and then everything after basically ignored it, so he kind of should have done that in his own little pocket dimension thing, too. My other reaction to this book was, why can't he write like this all the time? You know, it's not like, again, I've got to stress, I don't hate Grant Morrison. I know the man's capable of giving us good stuff. I mean, I've read Grant Morrison that I enjoyed. I enjoyed the hell out of a lot of his JLA run. I thought it was some really good comics. I enjoyed the first, I think I've only got like the first four or five issues of Animal Man, but I enjoyed those, what I read. And there's other things that sadly aren't coming immediately to my mind, but... 
there are other things by him that I have read. The problem is, is when he gets off into this weird drug trippy shit, that's where he loses me. You know, because honestly, and I know I'm going to take some flack for, for this, but this is my honest opinion of what's going on with Grant Morrison. I think that he writes that weird ass shit knowing that, you know, whoever he's working for at the time, they're going to pay him for it. They're going to put it out and the fans are going to eat it up. And I think, honestly, that doesn't really appeal to the to the mass audience that, that proclaim how awesome it is and, and uh, wow, it's so deep and everything. I don't think they understand it any more than I do. It's just they don't want to lose face by saying, man, this shit doesn't make any fucking sense to me. So they act like it's so big and intelligent and brilliant when actually they're going, man, I, I don't get it, but I better not say anything. That's just my guess. I don't know. I'm probably going to take a lot of heat for saying that, but I say it because... Again, why doesn't he write like this all the time? This was a really good book. Yeah, it had some of the high-concept stuff, but it didn't come off as some drug-induced, crazed, weird bullshit. It came off as, wow, that was really, you know, that's a cool angle to take, or that's a really unique perspective, or that's a really insightful bit of science, or whatever. I don't know. I just don't, I don't understand it. If he would write like this all the time... I'd be trumpeting his praises all the time. I really would. But anyway, getting back to this, yeah, I really did get a kick out of it. I I liked how Clark Kent was portrayed because he wasn't a puss, but he was kind of an an oaf. You know, he was, uh, you know, if you ever read that novelization, um, I believe it's just called It's Superman. It's like a precursor story to Action Comics number one. That book portrayed Clark Kent in a, in a similar way, I thought, as kind of bumbly, you know, but without being an idiot or, or being a nerd or something. He was just kind of too clumsy for his skin or something. I, I, but I liked the portrayal in this. The, the big portrayal that I really liked the most, though, was Lex Luthor. He is a badass. And I like it because this is more of the old-fashioned, the old Silver Age mad scientist Luther, who I was really not happy to see make a return in the, uh, the current comics, but he really worked well in this story. In the current in-continuity comics, I really prefer the businessman Lex Luthor, but in this, the super scientist, super evil scientist Luthor was really cool. I also really liked uh, Lois and Superman dining on the Titanic in The Fortress of Solitude. That was awesome. You know, anytime comics mix any of my other favorite passions, like the Titanic or one of the Disney parks or something like that, you know, I, I'm right there for that. You know, that's that's just, you know, some of my other interests and hobbies all coming together, and I'm, I'm always a big sucker for stuff like that. I really enjoyed, uh, of all the issues in here, this covers the first six issues, by the way. Of all the issues in here, I really liked the second issue, um, Lois's birthday. I thought that was an excellent story. Criticisms, though, the art, it's so inconsistent. I am not a fan of Frank Quietly to begin with, but it's this book is so strange because you've got pages that you look at and go, wow, and then you've got pages that you look at and go, whoa, what? And then you've got other pages that just take your breath away. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a shot of Lois and Superman kissing 
on the surface of the moon. There's a shot of Superman and Crypto sitting, just looking at the moon, you know, or looking, excuse me, looking at the Earth from the moon. There, there's a lot of pages or panels that are that are just beautiful, gorgeous panels. There's there's other ones, you know, right, sometimes even on the same page that just look so wonky. Also, Lois Lane is about the just ugliest woman in this thing. He just doesn't draw her to be attractive. Now, I don't want Lois to be a raving beauty. I kind of like the idea that Superman, who could, you know, basically have any woman he wants, honestly, is attracted to someone who is kind of just a normal person, a normal woman. But at the same rate, she looks just odd in this. There's a lot of panels where she looks like she's like 12 years old, and she's just not particularly attractive. You know, I mean, again, she doesn't need to be a supermodel, but she should at least be attractive. I can't imagine Superman going for someone who's just kind of plain Jane or, or even maybe a little bit ugly. But again, that's a, that's a nitpicky criticism. The highest praise I can give this book, honestly, is I'm ready for the next six issues. Uh, I was disappointed to find, I, I looked it up real quick, and I was disappointed to find that the second volume is not out yet. So I'll either be tracking down issues 7 through 12, or I'll just wait for the second trade. But yeah, definitely, I want to see where the story goes. I enjoyed it enough to continue on and see how it wraps up. I enjoyed the tie-in to uh, One Million. That was another uh, Grant Morrison thing that I really got a kick out of. I thought One Million was a great series, and I really came to like the uh, Justice Legion B, uh, who were like the Justice League of the future. I thought that was a really cool concept, and any time those characters uh, come back for for guest shots or cameos or whatever, I I try to pick those up because I really thought that that was a a neat concept that I enjoyed. The other thing that I took away from this book was I think I finally understand now what the hell is going on with the the regular incontinuity Superman that's coming out right now and why it's bugging me so much. Because as much as I enjoyed this story, I enjoyed it because it was an alternate take on Superman. I enjoyed it because it was something that I could read. It didn't conflict with my established continuity or my preconceptions of the character or anything like that. You could just pick it up, read it, enjoy it, and walk away from it. But sadly, because of the success of this book, I can see where DC is trying to kind of spin the current incontinuity Superman into something that more resembles the Superman in this, and I think that that's a bad move. And I think that it it cheapens this work. But, you know, I've seen DC and Marvel, to some extent, do this sort of thing a lot in the past umpteen years to where something comes along, it's the hot new flavor of the month, and all of a sudden they want to retool all their books to fit into this. You know, Kingdom Come was a perfect example of this. That came out, it was a smash hit, the next thing you knew... They were trying to tool their current universe into eventually becoming the, the Kingdom Come universe. To a certain extent, they're still doing it, and I think that that's a bad move. You know, they did the same thing with Batman years before when Dark Knight came out. All of a sudden, the current incontinuity Batman started to do things to move to where Dark Knight looked like it could be the actual future of the character. Again, I think that's a bad move. But that aside, 
I'm just glad now that I now I understand what it is that's bothering me so much about the current incontinuity Superman. As much as I enjoyed this book, I wouldn't want to see Superman written like this all the time. I think that this book is special and exceptional because it's not the Superman that we get all the time. And I, I, I like that. I like that take on the character. Is it the most enjoyable incarnation of Superman in almost 30 years, as the back cover proclaims it to be? No. And that's one of my issues with things like this, you know, especially, you know, these kind of uh, soundbite type quotes that these, you know, that books get or movies get or anything like that. Especially these, you know, it's the best that this has been in blah, 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 how many years? Well, have you been reading Superman for 30 years? You know, can you really say with authority that this is the best the character's been in 30 years if you haven't been reading him for 30 years? I have. So I can tell you that, no, it's not the best Superman in 30 years. But it is a really good read. I'm glad I read it. I'm ready for the next part. And I thank Chris for sending it to me. I really did like it. And C-Man... I don't hate Grant Morrison across the board. Moving on, a couple other quick things I had. If you've been to our forum lately, you may see that we have a new thread up there that I called simply Let's Trade. The idea behind Let's Trade is, as geeks, you know, be it comic collectors or Star Trek book readers or whatever, we all accumulate things. We all collect stuff. And more than likely, you wind up with doubles, or you wind up with books or comics or whatever that you know you don't want anymore, or you don't like anymore, or maybe you never liked them, whatever. But we all wind up with a pile of stuff that just kind of sits around and we wonder what to do with it. Should we put it on eBay? Should we put it in a garage sale? Who would pay me anything for this? That's ah, not worth that much, whatever. So the idea behind this was you go onto this board and you post up what you've got available for trade. You, you can even post up what you're looking for in a trade, you know, the types of things that are on your personal want list for comics or whatever. And we just do an out-and-out swap. You don't pay for anything more than the postage to send it to the other person, and that person, you know, likewise pays their postage and sends you stuff. I've used this myself. I really like it. I think it's a great idea, and it's just a lot of fun. It's just, it's basically a geek swap meet, and I really like that. I think it's a cool idea. It's a good way to make other friends in the community, and it's a good way to trade off your unwanted comics or whatever for stuff that you actually do want. So check it out. There's a couple different places. It's on the main comic forums under Trades. And then we also, I have a, uh, a Let's Trade uh, thread that I started on the Two True Freaks forum. So there's a couple different ways to get in on the, the, on the trading action. Lastly, I want to solicit listener ideas and suggestions for show topics and show segments. Now, that's not to say that we're running dry and we're running out of ideas. That's not it at all. I just, I like hearing from the listeners more than anything. We don't get enough feedback. I'm going to keep beating this dead horse until we start to get a lot more feedback than we are right now. But I really like hearing your, your ideas and your suggestions more than anything, more than any other kind of feedback. And I want to know the types of things that you want us to continue to do or that we haven't thought of that you'd like us to do 
or the kind of things that you really enjoyed and you want to see us do uh, continuations or sequels to. A couple ideas that, that we've been kicking around is to do some sort of uh, continuation or sequels or whatever to our favorite film scores episode. You know, Mark and I still remain very uh, interested in film scores. We still collect them, new ones as they come out. We've always got new ones to talk about. So we'd like to continue that segment. And we had a lot of positive feedback to that particular episode. Also, I've been kicking around the idea as we get closer and closer to spring and eventually to summer being the vacation times of year. You know, you see a lot of things, especially on like the the travel channels, about specials concerning vacationing at Walt Disney World. Now, I am a major Walt Disney World fanatic. I've been there several times. I love it. It's my favorite place in the entire face of the planet. And I've been thinking, would you guys be interested in some sort of series of me basically giving you my insight, my picks, my take on Walt Disney World? The things to see, the things to skip, the things that interest me when I go to Walt Disney World. If you guys would like something like that, let me know. It's something at this point I'm just kind of kicking around, just an idea in the back of my head. But if, if that sounds like something that you might get a kick out of, I'd like to go ahead and do it. That's it for this time. I hope I didn't ramble on too long for you. Thanks for listening. Keep those emails coming, and I'll see you on the forums. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libsyn.com where you can download all of our episodes and find our forum to openly and freely discuss topics from this and all other episodes with us and your fellow listeners. twotruefreaks.libsyn.com is spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S dot Libsyn, which is L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. You can email us directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com. And thanks for listening to the 2 True Freaks podcast. 2 True Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.